I want to share a message with you, and it's about the laws of the harvest. There's actually 14 spiritual laws of the harvest. Mm -hmm. And I rarely teach on stuff like this, but the Lord laid it upon my heart. And so I went and dug up some notes from a 29-page paper I wrote when I was in Bible college. <laughs> and I thought it must be a short little teaching. And I looked and I said, oh my gosh, I was a little bit verbose. <laughs> I actually changed the rules of the Bible college where you could only do a maximum of a 10-page paper because you'd have to do several papers. And I found out they changed the rules because I was writing too much. Oh, no. They loved to read this stuff. It would take it home because they couldn't get it done at work. And so when I met them to graduate uh, back in 2009, they said, oh, you're David Harabedian. I'm like, yeah. They said, we changed the rules at the college because of you. You wrote so many pages on some of the teachings. And I'm like, oh, is that bad? They go, no, we loved it. We just didn't have the time. We had to take them home. We're eating TV dinners. So that comes from this context. And seed time and harvest. The Bible reveals 14 laws of the harvest. This is what we find in Genesis 8.22. By the way, when I, when I teach this, will you still love me yes. when I'm done? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, the other thing is this. How many want to know the truth? Because oh, yeah. the truth, once we know it, it becomes intimately part of us. It yeah. sets us free. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing the truth doesn't set us free. Knowing the truth knowing sets us free. It, yeah. Do you remember when, remember when, when uh, Mary said... I, I'll be with child? How can this be? I've never known a man. Never known one. Wait a second. She knew her dad. She probably knew people in town, right? Right. But she didn't know him that way, did she? Right. Right, right, right. Right? She was a virgin. Right. So you can know some people and still not know them. Still not right. know Okay? You can hear some truth, but not know truth. Not That's right. Because you shall know the truth, and the truth shall... Set you free. And who the Son sets free is free, free indeed. indeed. So really when Jesus told the Pharisees, you do err in not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God, they could quote the Scriptures backward and forward. Mm -hmm. By age 19, they had memorized the 39 books of the Old Testament, and they could quote every major doctrine and where they're located in each scroll right. by age 19 before they even went to get a title shot to get enrolled in seminary school. Wow. So the untrained and ignorant men in the scriptures called the disciples, that's what they went through in schooling first before they failed and flunked out. Hmm. Wow. Jews that are raised that way Know the word. Inside and out. But Jesus said, you do Aaron not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. You're not intimate with them. You're not living them. Yeah. Because if you had known them, you would have known they testified about me. Yeah. But instead you seek to kill me. Yeah. So you can hear the word. You can even quote the word, but unless you're living the truth, you're not going to be free. Yeah. That's it. That's it. How many want to know the truth on this subject tonight? Yeah. Begin to step into the flow of it. See, sometimes we get our toes in the water of it. 
and we think we're Olympic swimmers. Mm. Ah. Oh yeah, that's water. Woo. Oh yeah, I've had my toes in it. Matter of fact, I remember one time I even dipped into it, but thank God I got out of it. Got out Amen. of that water. Jesus. He wants us to live in the river that we can swim in that flows from the sanctuary river of truth. Yeah. Fourteen spiritual laws of the harvest. They're really predicated upon the first law, which is Genesis 8.22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. How many know that we have cold and we have heat? Mm -hmm. How many know we have day and we have night? Yeah. How many know we have summer and we have winter? Mm -hmm. When will these things cease? Never. When the earth ceases, <laughs> these will cease. Mm -hmm. But as long as the earth remains, right. seed time and harvest will remain. Summer and winter, cold and heat, day and night. This is in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, mm -hmm. and it's in chapter 8, which 8 is the number of new beginnings. Mm -hmm. How many want a new beginning in the area of their harvest from the Lord? Mm -hmm. You can actually schedule your harvest. Wow. Follow me here. Mankind is bound under these unceasing laws until the day of the Lord comes. Okay. Seed time, harvest, cold, heat. Night, day, summer, and winter. As the book of Peter foretells, the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements melt with the fervency of heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. 2 Peter 3.10 That's when it ends. But as for now, we're into the law yeah. okay. of seed, time, and harvest. We sow a seed, we wait some time, and we reap a harvest. You were conceived. The seed was sown. Yeah. Nine months went by. There was time. Yeah. Then you were birthed. Yeah. You are the harvest, the harvest of the seed sown. Mm -hmm. Small, itty-bitty seed. Mm -hmm. Great, wonderful harvest is you. Amen. Mm -hmm. You can sow a small seed in the right soil and get a great harvest. Amen. How many of you know that six million others were with you that didn't make it to the right soil. Man. <laughs> and by the way, if you'd won a race with six million other people and you finished first, you'd be a champion, wouldn't you? Yeah. Right, right. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a champion. I'm a champion. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're all champions. Okay. Galatians 6, 7. Galatians 6, 7. Now here's the thing, we're wise to study these laws because to be ignorant of the law is no excuse. Moreover, as we will soon discover, the entire earth is under the spiritual law of seed, time, and harvest. Galatians 6, 7, New Testament scripture, for those that may not be excited about the fact that I quoted an Old Testament verse for this principle and tried to stand on it, let's get a New Testament one. Okay. Amen? Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall also reap, whether to the flesh, corruption, or to the spirit, everlasting life. No. Simply stated, the laws of the harvest work either for or 
against you, depending upon how you use them. Take, for example, the law of gravity. Gravity works either for or against you, depending upon how you use it. Gravity automatically works for you to protect you from floating off the planet Whoa. and into space. Say, thank God for gravity. Thank God, thank God for gravity. gravity. The same law of gravity can also bring you to an untimely death if you step <laughs> off a tall building. One law with two opposite effects, depending solely upon how we use it regardless of the person who obeys or disobeys its law. Hmm. Just as gravity is no respecter of persons, the 14 biblical laws of the harvest are also no respecter of persons. A spiritual law works the same for everyone who is under it, hmm. whether for good or for evil. If we are ignorant of gravity it can cost us our life. Hmm. If we study gravity, gravity will be our friend as long as we obey its law. The same is true concerning the 14 spiritual laws. Random House Dictionary defines the word law as one, the principles and regulations established by a government and applicable to a people whether in the form of legislation or of custom and policies recognized and enforced by judicial decision. The controlling influence of such rules. We understand from God's law set forth in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, mm -hmm. that as long as the earth remains, the laws of the harvest work the same for everyone on this planet. This includes you and me. We also learn from the psalmist that God's word is forever settled in heaven, Psalms 119.89, meaning these laws do not change as long as the earth remains, not for you, not for me. God is chosen, and not for God, because God's chosen to bind himself by his own word. He's not schizophrenic. God shows no favoritism, but he will give you favor. Right. See the difference? Yes. God shows no favoritism, but he'll give you favor. That's an interesting dichotomy. This is why when we agree with God's binding of a matter on the earth, it is bound in heaven. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In the original Greek language in this passage, here's what this really says. It says, whatever God has bound in heaven, if you agree with God exactly. and bind it on earth, it'll be, it'll be enforced yes. Yes. on the earth. Yes. 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 Whatever God looses in the heaven, if you agree with him, yes. it will be loosed in the earth that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. Yes. It's about agreement with heaven. Uh -huh. Amen? Yeah. Okay. Second Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. If we study this, we'll not be ashamed. That's right. We'll rightly divide the word of truth. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Yeah. Because you've rejected knowledge, I have rejected you as my people. Absolutely. But if we accept knowledge, we accept truth, 
and we begin to become intimate with it and live it, Jesus will never say to us like he did the Pharisees who knew inside and out the quotation of the word of God but didn't know the God of the word. They knew the word of God but not the God of the word. They knew the word of God but not the God of the word. Truth is where God has been. Revelation is where God is at. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I want to be where God is at in the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, David, he's everywhere. Yeah, well, guess what? I want to be where he's revealing his manifest yeah. presence, yeah. where he's doing it again, yes. and I want to be part of that move. Yeah. I want to be in that number yeah. when the saints go marching in. Go marching in. Go marching in. That being said, let's study in detail these 14 spiritual laws of the harvest and let's ask God for wisdom and truth in the innermost parts that we can benefit from the laws that He has placed in effect over the earth and avoid their pitfalls. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom. Yeah. Open our hearts to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save and transform our souls. Yeah. Law number one, all harvests operate by the same laws. Law number one, all harvests operate by the same laws. As mentioned above, everywhere in the universe that you find gravity, it operates by the same law. This is also true for the laws of the harvest. Gravity doesn't show mercy to children that disobey it while punishing adults for breaking its law. If a child steps off a building, do they go up or down? No. Does gravity show mercy to a child that doesn't understand gravity? No. God may show mercy. He may send his angels regarding them to pick them up in their hands lest they dash their foot against the stone no. because somebody's praying, but gravity doesn't, does it? No. Gravity does not show mercy to people who are ignorant of it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it doesn't punish people that are older because they should know better. It shows no partiality. If five people, different ages, different education, stepped off a building, gravity wouldn't say, well, you know, the child doesn't know better, so I'm not going to apply my rules to it. Everybody that steps off without a parachute and without a device to fly goes down. They don't go up. Right. Gravity also doesn't say, well, you know what? I'm going to withdraw my presence because I just want that person not to be on the earth anymore. I'm going to let them fly up into the air and go into space. It's the same way with the laws of the harvest. They show no partiality. Nor does gravity reward one person above another for obeying its laws. The rewards and punishments are equal for everyone. Said another way, the law of gravity is constant and unbending. The same is true for the spiritual laws of the harvest from God's word. He is clearly no respecter of persons and shows no partiality. Acts 10.34 If you study and learn to obey the laws that God has outlined, these laws will work marvelously for you and not against you. If you ignore them or work against them, they will work against you every time. Sobering message, isn't it? David, where's the grace? 
This is the grace mm -hmm. that's right. mm -hmm. that we're getting the word yeah. that's able to save our soul. Yeah. You know, I was talking with somebody earlier today. They had a problem with their car. They took out the entire front end, the engine, this and that. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. They thought it was the timing chain. They put the whole thing back together. And as they were putting it back together, they noticed the distributor cap, a $37 wholesale item, was misfiring. They went out and got it, replaced it. They were destroyed from lack of knowledge. Okay. But because they had car experience, they were wise enough to know that there was another problem. Mm -hmm. But what if they had the knowledge right off the bat? How quick could the problem have been fixed? No. And how inexpensively could it have been fixed? Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. There are things in our lives that can be fixed yes. inexpensively yeah. and immediately. Yeah. If we only knew the answer. Yeah. That's the grace that's being released tonight. The truth of His Word. And Holy Spirit, give us love as we talk. Because this is about to become a little more um, belly-deep mm -hmm. truth. Mm -hmm. You're going to still love me, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you love truth? Yes. yes. Do you love his ministers who bring truth? Yes. yes. Or bring your truth with love. Mm -hmm. Amen? When a piece of pottery is being formed by the potter, it spins. Mm -hmm. And that clay pot needs water added to it so it's moldable. If you don't add the water, the clay literally falls up in your hand and falls apart. And you have to start over again. Mm -hmm. So if you add some water, you can do all kinds of amazing things with the clay. And I've had an opportunity to do that. Not very good at it, but I've seen some people who are. And I found the key is adding the water, but not too much, but also not too little. So Holy Spirit, come and add the water of your grace Amen. as we get formed afresh Amen. and grow up into the pottery that you've called us to be. Vessels of honor fit for the master's use, prepared to every good work. Law number two, a seed must be planted. What kind of seeds are there? Well, you were conceived with a seed, right? There's the sperma of God's word. There's the word that you speak into somebody's life that plants a seed of a thought. There's oranges that have orange seeds in them. There's corn. That's a seed. Wheat is a seed. You can sow a seed financially. That's a seed. Mm -hmm. See, there's a lot of variations of seeds. Before a seed can reproduce for you, it must be planted. There's an old song. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Gotta have something. Wanna be with me? If God were to multiply the seed that you sow tenfold, thirtyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold, or as Deuteronomy promises to make you a thousand times more, if God were to multiply it a thousand times, but you never sowed it, what would your harvest be. When you go out and share the word of God with people, a harvest will come off of it. If it's sown into the right soil, it'll bring a harvest, won't it? What if you sow it in the wrong soil? It just causes a religious argument. So where you sow your seeds is important too, isn't it? The time or season of when you sow it is important. Right now, we're in the middle of winter. Is this a good time to plant crops? No. 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 What will happen? First of all, the 
ground will be very difficult to be plant into. And do you think that you're going to get much of a crop right now? You could lose your seed when sowing in the wrong season. Before a seed can produce for you, it must be planted. God gives seed to every sower. 2 Corinthians 9.10 Notice here that God doesn't promise to give seed to the eater. He gives seed to the sower. If you've eaten the seed God has been giving you to sow, it could be evident why you've not been receiving your harvest. Sometimes instead of getting the word here and then going out and sowing what you've received with the word, you try to body drag people to church for me to sow seed into them. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, word. Mm-hmm. When in reality, you're already empowered to go out and do the same stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you don't sow it, you won't see the miracles. You won't see the salvations. Right. You have to take what's been given to you and sow it into other people's lives. Yeah. Do you see all the applications of the law of the harvest? It certainly encompasses money, but it's so much bigger yeah. than that. Mm-hmm. If it's only about money, it's sad. Yeah. Jesus didn't die for money, he died for souls. And that's the end game that you need the money for, the education for, the anointing for. It's to reach people with the kingdom. If there is no seed planted, there can be no harvest. Just like a farmer's soil cannot produce a harvest without seed being planted by the farmer, so you and I cannot receive a harvest until you have planted your seed into the good ground. This is the principle of seed, time, and harvest. If a man sows nothing, he will reap nothing. In addition, we must understand that no financial seed can be planted until the tithe or the tenth is paid. Now, this is where this becomes, God, we need some water on our clay pot. You ready? I'm going to repeat this. We must understand that no financial seed can be planted until the tithe or the tenth is already paid. Mm -hmm. If you think you're sowing seed with the tithe, you're not. It's not yours to start with. Give you an example. If you owed, say, 10% tax, Mm -hmm. which would be incredibly low. If you owed 10% and you decided to give... 8% to the IRS man and tell him you're giving him a bonus because you gave him 8%. He'd say, you owe me 10. If you want to give me a bonus, it needs to be above and beyond the 10. Because this is what you owe. This is our agreement. When God gives you 100% and he says, I want my 10% back for giving you life, Mm-hmm. Breath in your lungs, mm-hmm. health in your body, Absolutely. a skill set to be able to go make money with the work of your hands, mm-hmm. or in sales, or production, or art, or computer, or phone sales, or whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. And God says, I just want my 10% back because I partnered with you in life. Right. Not because I need your money, but because I need your loyalty right. and honor. If you'll do that and give me the tenth, mm-hmm. 
then I'm going to give you an open window in heaven. I'm going to open the heavens and give you an opportunity to sow seed that will then release a harvest. Tithing doesn't release the harvest. Seed beyond the tithe release the harvest. Wow. Everyone I know that prospers in the kingdom. Now you can prosper under the spirit of mammon. He'll bless you. It comes with sorrow. Right. And then when you go try to get your miracle from God, you're like, I don't know what's wrong. God just must not show up that way. They're crazy over there. You'll spend all your money on doctors and medications and lawyers and psychologists and sociologists and psychiatrists because it won't work for you in the kingdom because you're attached to the wrong spirit. Now I'm going to say something else. You ready? Yep. Will you love me? Yep. Okay. Every dollar that's not tithed off of is free game and tied to the spirit of mammon. Yep. You cannot serve both God and mammon. You will either love the one and hate the other or hate the one and love the other, but you cannot have two masters. That's right. In the Garden of Eden, they were told you can have access to every fruit in the garden except for one tree. I like to call it allegorically the tithe tree. And when they ate from the one that they had access to, but were asked and prohibited from partaking of, what happened to them? Did they come under a blessing no. for disobedience or a curse? What happened to the rest of the trees that they had access to in the garden once they got, as the Russians say, das boot from the garden? <laughs> now, Adam had to till the ground. It was more laborious the minute they went after what I refer to as the tithe tree and took what was God's and said it's not sacred. You guys still love me? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to help us. Okay? Because here's the thing. If I don't teach on healing and I withhold that truth from you, I'm accountable before God. That's right. If I know it and if I'm living what I know and I am here, right, I'm, like, I'm a tither, I'm a giver, mm -hmm. and if those of you who know me know I'm, I'm big in that area. Yeah. Yes. If I withhold truth from you, I'm accountable on the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. If I withhold truth in this area, I'm accountable. Yeah. Now, not everybody likes the healing message, but the people that get healed like it. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> not everybody likes a tithing and an offering message and an alms message. A guilt offering, a transgression offering, an iniquity offering, a seed offering, a need offering, a deed offering, a wave offering. There's a lot of offerings oh, yeah. in Scripture. And we often mock and laugh and speak sarcastically about churches that take up numerous offerings. And I do believe there's some things that are out of balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I also think we've missed some things. Yeah. 
in the body of Christ that we could have stepped into that would have released harvests in our life had we known about them and then begun to know them intimately. Okay, still with me? Okay. Um, in other words, for you to reap a harvest, seed must be sown, and seed is not seed until it is your seed. If you're planting God's seed, which is the tithe, you are sowing stolen seed and not your own seed, and heaven keeps the books. So seed is not seed until it goes beyond the tenth that's God's. Now you say to me, well David, what are you saying? Where do you want me to sow the seed? Wherever the Lord directs you to sow the seed into a fruitful soil right. that you're going to get a harvest off of, sow at the direction of the Lord. I'm not telling you where. Right. I'm saying, please, ask God. Yeah. You know, I, I sow sometimes for Bibles. Sometimes I sow into other miracle ministries. Sometimes I sow into missions. Yeah. <clears throat> Beyond the tithe. Give you an example. Springfield, Missouri. I've shared this before. I had a Taiwan fund, which we still have. Supposed to go to Taiwan and Indonesia to minister. We took up an offering and people sewed into that to fund that project and trip. We still have money in that account. It's safe and it's accounted for. Mm -hmm. Here's the point. I was in a service. There was a minister going to Siberia to do missions. He needed $6,000 for plane tickets for him and two ministerial partners. And that was to get them there. I stepped up. I talked with Jeff because you want to be accountable with your husband or wife when possible. If they're a believer, you want to be accountable with your ministry partner mm -hmm. so that you're not just shooting from the cuff and saying, oh, God said. Right. If God said, it will witness with somebody else. Yeah. If they're of like mind and they hear from heaven. Yeah. So don't sow wild seed. Mm -hmm. Sow directed seed. Yeah. Sow sniper seed. Mm -hmm. okay, not shotgun seed. Right. It's desperate. If you can't hear from God, sow some of that too. Just you know, get in the will. <laughs> Point is this. I said, the president of our ministry, the Lord spoke to me. And I need your agreement that we're to take money out of the Taiwan fund, which is my mission fund for me to go internationally to minister. Mm -hmm. And they need $6,000. we are to give six hundred out of our fund, which is a tithe of what he needs. Mm -hmm. And he said, that witnesses in my spirit. I said, okay, we're in agreement. Because in the natural, I didn't want to do that. Right. And so I got up to take up the offering for the other minister. When I did, I announced, this is what the Lord directed me to do. I wasn't announcing it to say, hey, you know, it wasn't manipulation. It wasn't, you know, let me tell you what I'm giving. It was what the Lord told me to do as an illustration. So, so we're going to give a tithe, 600. And we, we popped our check in. And when we did that, the atmosphere in the whole place changed. Mm -hmm. And people became hilarious givers on the final day of a conference where offerings were taken up in every service prior to that, and people are kind of gived out at that point. Mm -hmm. And a woman got up. And that's not the first time that he's had hilarious giving on the last day. Yeah, and that's not the first time in that service that there was hilarious giving in the service. I mean, there was 
like one service, I've never been in like it before or since. People were coming up and giving jewelry, and I mean, it was there was a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff that just came in, and the minister didn't keep any of it. He put it right back out into the hands at the direction of the Spirit into other people's lives. And it was gifts from heaven for them through other people within the body of Christ where no man lacked anything. All men had all things in common. Amen. And it was a beautiful, hilarious giving moment. People gave away automobiles and all kinds of other things. Titles to cars. They paid hotel rooms. They paid for, you know, God spoke to me that somebody's $300 short on rent. And one person would raise their hand and nobody... Obey the Lord. The other person would weep and raise their hand and their need was met. You guys go get together in the back of the room. It wasn't about money coming through the ministry or to the ministry. It was about... Anyway, yeah. the point is this. When I sowed that seed, which was beyond our ministry tithe, because we tithe into other ministries. Mm -hmm. We give a tenth. I think we're at like 15% in our ministry. We do tithe plus offering is what we do. Mm. Into other ministries that are fruitful, that are like-minded. Yeah. And here's what happened. When I did that, the heavens opened. And when that occurred, people started to get up. In fact, the person behind the camera was in that service. Mm -hmm. He got a healing in his knee when that happened. Yeah. So I, I don't make this stuff up. I'm reporting what God did. There's a difference. Yeah. And where's what happened? A woman got up and said, the Lord spoke to me to write a check for your new camera system. I think it was like $2,400. Now, I'm not sharing these numbers for numbers' sake, just to put things in perspective, to kind of frame things. And when that happened, when she got up, and she was a minister in another congregation, she had traveled the nations. Apostolic anointing on her. So she sowed from her ministry into that ministry so he could go to the nations. Yeah. This was about the harvest. Yeah. It wasn't about giving, it shall be given unto you, good measure, shake, price down and shaking together, so man, give back into your bosom. Right. It was about, we want to give because we want souls harvested. Yeah. Amen. In the process, God turns around and gives you a harvest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. Okay, point. When I did that, then God began to move in. Sacrificial giving causes sacrificial giving or hilarious giving. People began to pop up. And when that occurred, portals opened up yeah. over the congregation. And there was somewhere between 25 and 30 people. The, the man of God was next to me, and we started just getting these effortless, instantaneous words of knowledge, calling out healings in details. And people literally came and lined up to testify. There was about 25 or 30 that physically came up with instantaneous miracles because they sowed at the time that the soil was rich. Yeah. Not into hardened soil mm -hmm. to create valet parking at the church. Mm. <laughs> Not for the baseball diamond in back so they could go play on it because they have a baseball skill set. Mm. And they like to put... That's not seed sown. No, that's, a, that, that's nice, it's generous, but that's not seed. Do you see the difference? Yeah. Yeah. That's an investment in something you like. A seed is not a seed until it leaves control of your hand. That's right. The minute that money left my hand, it went into somebody else's mission fund. Yeah. It went out of our ministry into somebody else's ministry. 
I share and partner in the harvest of every soul one, but I don't participate in any way. Right. I lost complete control. The seed is not a seed sown until you lose control of it. That's right. And when I say lose control, it comes out of your hand and you no longer have control. Right. If you can sow seed and still direct that fund and, you know, manipulate, it's not seed sown. It's money directed. You right. see a difference? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So when that happened, the portals, there were dental miracles, heart miracles, cancer miracles, um, all kinds of stuff happened. Body parts were, you know, shifted around. And people got from God what the doctors would have taken months to do mm -hmm. if they'd have been able to do it. Right. And some of them would have been in a far worse state. So that's where sowing when the heavens are open into good soil is significant. Notice this. We must understand that no financial seed can be planted until the tithe, the tenth, is paid. Are we clear on that? Yes. No. Seed is not seed until you pay the tenth. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Many of you attend churches on Sunday. Mm -hmm. If that's where you're getting fed, that's where your tenth should go. Mm -hmm. Those that watch online should not be sowing their tithe to Eagle Heart or Heart of America or DavidHerobedian.com. They should be sowing their seed, which is above and beyond the tenth. Mm -hmm. If you're not in a local church, we would gladly mm -hmm. receive your tithes here mm -hmm. because we're good soil. Right. If you are in a church and you're getting fed there, but you feel as though the Lord is directing you to share that because you're getting fed here, you're in two churches, mm -hmm. we're okay with that, we'll receive it as well. But this is not about this fellowship, this is about you getting revelation, knowing his word to step into that truth that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions come into growth and maturity in God. Amen. How do we prosper and be in health even as our Soul, be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your, your mind, will, and emotions. Be received with meekness the engrafted word which is able to transform your soul. Okay. Now, Malachi 3.9, we've heard this before, 3.8.9, Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. Therefore, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Hmm. Not my words. The only thing we can do with God's 10%, the tithe, is to give it back to its rightful owner, which is God's. Yeah. And the minute we do that, we come out from under the spirit of mammon, yeah. and we come under the spirit of God. Amen. Oh, David... I'm God's child. You got born again. You're in the bloodline. Yeah. But if you're not obeying God in this area, right. you could be the prodigal son and still be the son. Yeah. <laughs> Amen or ouch. Amen. So, when we call God our Father... And we're made in His image and likeness. 
This is when we start to act like Dad. Mm -hmm. yeah. And God so loved the world that He gave. What did He give? He gave His best. Yeah. And He sowed a seed in the earth of His Son. Yeah. And He reaped a harvest mm -hmm. of many brethren. Yeah. So God sowed a seed of His Son to reap a harvest of the earth of the children. Yeah. Abraham sowed the seed of Isaac and he became the father of many nations. Yeah. Do you see this is through as long as the earth God always requires a seed. Mm -hmm. What did the boy with the five fish and two loaves do with his sack lunch? He sold it. Did he did he share it with everybody else in the congregation? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. He gave it he gave it to Jesus. He brought it to Jesus. He sewed it up into the glory, and that's when it multiplied. Yeah. He could have said, well, there's 5,000 people plus women and children. I've just got five fish and two loaves. Got some sardines and a couple of triscuits. I mean, that's hardly enough for me. I know it's been three days. Mama packed me this, but I'm not going to eat my seed. I'm going to sow my seed. And when he did into the right soil, it multiplied supernaturally. Say supernaturally. supernaturally. And what did the boy receive back? He got fed, 5,000 men got fed, plus women and children, roughly fifteen to 20,000 people were fed off his lunch. And then what did they do? They picked up the fragments... And there were how many baskets left over? Twelve. Twelve. The boy sows the seed of a sack lunch. And he brings home, back to mom and dad, buffet. Yeah. Fish buffet. and chips. Buffet. <laughs> and mom's like, where did you steal this? I didn't steal it. That's right. It came as a harvest off the seed I sowed. Which, by the way, mom was sacrificial in the moment because I was hungry. Yes. See, you can give your seed to somebody else in the congregation and it's not necessarily supernatural. Mm -hmm. God may direct you. But that's not seed, that's alms. Tithe is tenth. Offering is above the tenth. Alms is giving to somebody in need. That's a third area. Wow. Yeah. This is what somebody said to me. Well, I give my tithes as directed by the Lord to people that the Lord directs me to. I'm like, okay. Is that tithing? Is that offering or is that alms? What's well, tithing? Really? So it's furthering the gospel. It's preaching the gospel. It's funding the kingdom. Well, no, it's paying somebody's light bill. Well, that's a great thing to do. But do that with alms. Right. Don't do it with God's tenth, right. which is tithing. Right. And they're like, I didn't know there was a difference. But my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. knowledge. Outer courts, tithes. Inner courts, offering. Holy of holies, alms. You don't have a right to gain the benefit off the alms until you've paid the tithes. You don't have a right to gain the benefit off offerings until you've paid the tithes. Because it's not offering and it's not alms until you've got your 10% taken care of with your business partner who's God Almighty who breathed the breath of life into you yeah. and can at any time go Take it all back. Yeah. the same God that blesses your business can withdraw his blessing from your business mm -hmm. the same God that gave you health can lift his hand off 
And he won't necessarily make you sick, but him lifting off his hedge of protection can cause the enemy of your soul. There's two spirits that are over money. The spirit of God and the spirit of mammon. The spirit of God maketh you rich and addeth no sorrow with it. The spirit of mammon promises you everything God promises you, but tells you to do it a different way than God told you to do right. it. And the Bible says this, many have sought after riches, have erred from the faith. They were in the faith and have then pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Yeah. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the three temptations, the <coughs> devil took him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said this, look, all these things I will give you. I'm going to promise you everything God promised you. All I'm asking you to do is do it a different way. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to, you don't have to sacrifice. You don't have to do any of that, J-Man. It's cool. Just bow down and worship me. Just do it my way. Mammon does the same thing. It says, look, you don't have to... You don't have to give. You don't have to do this. You don't have to. You don't have to walk in righteousness. You don't have to walk in holiness. Look, I'll prosper you on the car lot. Mm. Maximize them on the front end and on the back end on the deal. Mm. Get them a high interest rate. Don't do them any favors. They don't know any better. Mm. And you're going to make three grand on the car. They won't figure it out until their fourteenth payment. When the car breaks down and they go to try to trade it in and they're 6,500 upside down. Mm. And then you can turn around and help them again. Mm. Does this happen every day? Mm -hmm. Mortgages, mm -hmm. business, mm -hmm. car repairs. <laughs> the spirit of mammon runs rampant mm -hmm. in our country. And the people that prosper off that money. Let me share a story with you. People that prosper mammon's way very rarely sow anything into the kingdom of God that makes a difference. Let me tell you why. Because mammon owns the money and it controls the money that it rewarded them with as it deceives them further and further. And mammon and the spirit of God are in direct competition with each other for souls. And if you talk to somebody who's under the spirit of mammon... They'll spend, you'll go out to dinner with them, they'll spend $1,600 on dinner. And they'll lavish you with anything, but you ask them for money for ministry, I don't do that. Because mammon won't let them. Because mammon controls their money and controls them. You know who the biggest tithers are percentage-wise? People are in a lower to middle income. Wealthy people, percentage, don't do as much. Now, what they will do is they'll donate to a hospital wing or a charity that's not doing anything with the kingdom. And they'll get their name on the wing and the person who's a shareholder in the hospital that brought them over to the expensive dinner party with the sushi and all the stuff. And I've been to these parties, by the way. I've been invited to them. Valet parked, had to put on my Superman suit with the Armani and the cashmere coat and the overpriced shoes that God blessed me with so I could run in these circles when I have right, to, right, right. to reach them for the kingdom. Amen. And when I get there, I'm in the $2 million house with the basketball 
court in the basement with ornate art and everything else and fully catered with all these other wonderfully wealthy people that don't know Jesus. And this is what I find when I listen to the conversations that God allows me to be invited to the table of. Well, so-and-so, we're having this party for him because he donated a million for this hospital wing. Do you know why he donated it? Because now he can go put in, I'm not, I don't want to disclose too much, but there's a business that he owns that now is going to get the contract to go put in $5 million worth of stuff in the hospital that's part of the municipal bond tax benefit funding from the bank where so-and-so gets a portion of that and they get a kick for doing the loan. Everybody's prospering off everyone else. It's not because they love the hospital or they love kids or they want to do this or that. It's because it's tit for tat. Right. They're going to gain a benefit because they're going to reap what they've sown, yeah. but not the supernatural way, right. in the natural out of relationship capital. Mm. Look, Bill, if I donate a million, you'll put my name and my wife's name on the wing. Do you think you can get me that contract for the the carpeting on all the floors or all the beds or all the medical equipment or all the lighting or all the... I'll take care of it. It's a done deal. Mm -hmm. It's the spirit of mammon. You ask that same person who's in church on Sunday morning for money for the kingdom, they won't give it. It's under the spirit of mammon. Is this helpful at all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, it's not about them. It's about us tonight. Amen. It's back to us, isn't it? Yeah. The tithe is the tenth. It's never ours. It's not an option. Leviticus 27, verse 30 says this. When you hold back part of the tithe or the tenth for any reason... Then the next time you come to pay your tithe, you must pay the tenth on that, plus you have to bring the tenth that you still owe, and there's a 20% penalty on it. God's Word. Leviticus 27, 30, and 31. Wow! That's, that's the ultimate vig. I mean, you think God's Italian or something. Now, I've talked to some Italian people, they would say, yeah. Okay, of course he's Italian. <laughs> talk to some Spanish people. Why do you think they named him Jesus? <laughs> you talk to Jewish people. <laughs> Jewish mother knows he's Jewish. Because every Jewish mother thinks her son is God. The joke, okay? <laughs> anyway. So, what happens is, when we're under mammon, We'll fund everything but the kingdom. We'll tip into the kingdom, but we'll never tithe. Mm. And we'll call it seed sown. And it's guilt offerings is what it is. Mm. Is this helpful at all? Mm -hmm. Leviticus 27, verse 30 and 31. If you redeem or keep back any of the tithe, the next, I'm going to give you some numbers. Let's say you make $1,000 a month. $100 of it's God's. Okay? The other 90 is yours. Now the 90% is blessed. You miss accidents. You miss... Uh, uh, 
repair problems. When you walk into the bank, you get a better financing rate. You don't know why all of a sudden you had zero interest. Why everybody else ran into this. And a woman told me, she says, David, she said, I went in to buy a vehicle. It was a $50,000 vehicle. It was several years old. They were selling it for $19,900. She says, I went in, didn't get approved on credit. This, I heard this yesterday. She says, I went back in and they said, look, we can get this finance for yourself. We need to get rid of this vehicle. And she went back in. They said, we'll give it to you for fifteen five. She says, well, you know what? I need $1,000 to pay the taxes on the fifteen five. Oh, my gosh. They said, we can do that. She goes back in. They said, we can only give you $400 toward it. And she says, well, I can't do the deal. She says, the deal's changed. I'm, I'm doing She goes to walk out. He goes, hold on a second. Let me go back out. Stay here. He comes back in. He goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the vehicle for twelve nine, <laughs> And we're going to give you 1000 on top of it. So you're going to get a check today for $1,000. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you the vehicle for twelve nine that was nineteen nine. that was a $50,000 vehicle a few years ago off the lot. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to get one for twelve nine. Your bank note's going to say thirteen nine. You're going to have money. She got a, a car... $7,000 cheaper with no money down, average credit, because that's a favor of God. Wow. She's, she was a tither. She got a $7,000. So she went to church and told the story to a friend. That person went with her husband and said, we understand you do that. The guy says, we don't do that. That's crazy. We've never done that before. We don't give cars to people with no money down. We don't knock $7,000 off our our price? So they went back. They thought she was a liar. She showed them the paperwork. They said, that's favor. Yeah, it's supernatural economy. I mean, there's just so many stories. A woman came and sold $1,000 a year. And when she did, within three weeks, God paid off her car at $13,000. Now, but here's the deal. She didn't sow $1,000 because she wanted her car paid off. She sowed $1,000 because the Lord told her. It's about hearing... And obeying. Yeah. And by the way, that was above and beyond her tithe. Right. Amen. Amen. I don't want to belabor this, but I want to share something. We're going to run through some things. Ready? Yep. Number three, your seed must be sown into good ground to produce a harvest. Matthew 13, 8. The parable of the sower. Matthew 13, 1 through 23 reveals four different kinds of soil that we can sow into. But only one of the four soils yields a harvest in return. Said another way, not all sowers receive a harvest, only those that sow into the good soil. Pick the ministry you sow into. Make sure it's good soil. So you don't lose your seed. How do you know it's good soil? What's the fruit of their ministry? Are souls being won? Are people being discipled? Are lives being transformed? Or are they just having church? If you don't have the signs of a New Testament church, apostolic signs, wonders, miracles, discipleship, lives being transformed, people coming out of sin, getting set free, coming off of drugs, ask the Lord if that's where He wants you to sow. True story. He's talking to His apostles from Fiji. And when we were talking to them, they were asked a question in front of me. If you had it to do over again after 50 years of ministry, what's the one thing you would do different? The husband said, that's easy. The wife just nodded her head. She already knew the answer. Husband said, of all the missionaries we had on the mission field in Fiji and all over the world, he said, I would send 90% of them home immediately. 
and I would fully fund the other 10% that are actually doing the job. The rest of them think they're called, but they're not. They're floundering over there. The 10% that know they're called, the tithe, we fully fund them. Make sure you're sowing into good soil. God, but the Lord told me to ask him a question. Why do you want to come? He said, we're low on finances and I need to go out and minister. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I said, I appreciate your honesty. I said, when the Lord gives you a word for our congregation, come. He stumbled and he said, well, he said, you know, whenever I show up, the Lord normally gives me a word. But see, it was money motivated, not ministry motivated, because God had sent him. He's one who just went. Right. I will never go out and go preach in churches just to pick up That's offerings because so I'm, I'm low on cash. Right. It's the wrong motivation. Yeah. It's mammon. Yeah. That's it. Not ministry under the Spirit of God. Right. When you sow into ministers who are under the Spirit of mammon, be careful. You'll wonder why you lose your harvest because they're not good Soil. Wow. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the tattoo. Worse than that. Plus, you actually delay their repentance. You become a part and a party to their shenanigans. And if you watch their ministry for years, there will be collateral damage wherever they go. They'll make these prophetic promises. There will be temporary breakthroughs. Nobody will get permanent ones. And they'll leave congregations disillusioned wherever they go. Mm -hmm. And then when you get behind the scenes, and as a minister, I know the stories because other ministers will call me, not slanderously, but I've been praying for that brother for 15 years that God would bring him to repentance. Mm -hmm. I'll meet another integrous minister. The person's name will come up. They'll be like, they don't talk bad about him. They're like, well, I hope he's, hope he's gotten back on track. And then they'll tell me the same story. A hundred grand they got burned out of. People's lives were wrecked financially. I mean, they're horrific stories. And I could tell you some without names. A quarter of a million, a hundred thousand. I know a ministry friend of mine, very anointed. Got sideways on money. Just indicted. Three million with his church for us. 890,000. Another one, I'm not going to name them because it's not important to name, and we're not here to talk about that. That's, that's the world's job. Now, if they were coming through here and you were connected with them and the Lord directed me, I would pull you aside one-on-one. -on -one. We'd have a chat to preserve you the pain and suffering that others have gone through. But another one, I won't name the church, but he's going to jail as he's approaching almost 80 years old. Oh, man. And has one of the largest church in the world. And is currently suffering from a certain sickness and hasn't been getting healed. And somebody asked me to pray for him. And I honor and respect the man because I know the history of his ministry for 60 years. And it's rocked nations. But something happened. He got off base. 30 of his leaders couldn't put up with it anymore. They came because he wouldn't repent according to what I've read. Mm -hmm. And his own leader said, that's enough. 
it was millions and millions of dollars over a period of 15 years. Wow. Whoa. That doesn't negate the real work that God did through him. Hmm. But it slipped out to the spirit of mammon. Wow. And I don't know how many other ministers have come underneath that seducing spirit that says, look, I'll give you everything yeah. God promises you if you'll just bow down and do it my way. Wow. Mm. Is this sobering tonight? Mm. Okay, we're going to run through them. Your seed must be sown into so good ground, number three. Number four, the seed must become useless to the sower before it is sown. Seed according to the law of the harvest. If you sow your seed, it must be released into the soil of God, meaning you must receive no secondary benefit from the seed. Right. If you're getting secondary benefit, trading a seed so you can get a deal, it's not seed sown, it's marketing right. money mm -hmm. for your company. Mm -hmm. I know ministers, look, I'll have you in this week. If you have me in next week, and if you'll take up a special offering for me, I'll take up a special. That scares me. Yeah. Let's go ahead and manipulate our flock for each other's own personal gain. So we can't be accused of manipulating our flock because we brought in the henchmen to do it for us, and we were the henchmen and we did it for them. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean there are times when God will direct a minister to take up a special offering for a minister and you'll feel the difference in the spirit of it. You'll want to go so because it's God versus you just feel like you're, you're tricked into it, you're pushed into it, Manipulate. you're manipulated into it and you don't have a cheerful spirit. You want to be part of the culture. Yeah, I know ministers that role model before their congregations tithing. I've been in five services with them. And they're up there and they're writing their check as a role model before the congregation. And I know that as they're writing their check, it's either going to be pulled out of the offering because they're, they're getting the offering. Now there's times when you'll see me sow into services where I'm preaching because I'm wanting to sow into that thing. Because there's an anointing present. Okay. There's other times. You don't see me give into the offering. But I'll give... But you don't, you don't, but there are times that I will because I want to sow into that. But I'm not up here role modeling for you writing fake checks. Right. Wow. <laughs> now, I'm not saying every minister that does that is writing a fake check. Right, right. So that's not what I'm saying. But I've also seen people not want to be, you know, shamed in the culture. They go and put in empty envelopes wow. so they can participate. And that's sad. If you don't have anything, be released. Right. Amen? Amen? If you do have something that the Lord's directing you, so. So don't be in condemnation. Don't be manipulated. But don't be a manipulator. And don't succumb to the culture to be accepted. Right. Are we navigating this thing okay? Yeah. Is the tithe seed? No. No. What seed? Anything that's above the 10%. That's when you get into the bonus. You want to know what God gives you when he opens the windows of heaven? He gives you an opportunity to sow seed that will produce a multiplied harvest. You don't get a hundredfold harvest off your tithe. If you did, tithers would be royally blessed. You get a hundredfold harvest off that which you sow above the tithe. And it comes back 
in witty inventions, new ideas, favor in business that you didn't market for. It just happens. Okay. I've also seen repeatedly businessmen need a breakthrough. They call me on the phone. God will give me a word for them. It'll be a prophetic word. They'll get a phone call. It'll come just down to pass, just like the Lord had given it to me. They'll have this ridiculous harvest in a bad season, and they won't tithe off the harvest when they get it. And then they're sick. They go to drinking. They have relationship problems. People then steal from them in other areas. Their employees steal from them. Their equipment falls apart. And guess who gets the call? Pastor David. Pastor David. <laughs> well, this happened. You know what I'm telling him now? I used to be too kind, which was really mean by not telling them the truth. Why? Unsanctified mercy. You know what I tell him now? Well, what did you do? Let me see your tithing records. Well, what, what, what do you mean by what, what do you mean tithing records? That's not your business. If you're going to call me pastor, it's my business today. Right. If you're going to call me accountant, I want to see your books. Yeah. If you're going to call me your banker, I want to see your statement of your bank statements. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to call me doctor, I want to see your medical records. Okay. Yeah. Right. Silence. Now we can get to the root issue. Okay, David, what's my problem? Okay, would you really want to know? Yes, I really want to know. Will you be angry with me? No, I want to know the truth. Okay, you're tied to the spirit of mammon. The Bible says you're under a curse, and you've stolen from God. You're a thief, and you're tied with the spirit of Satan. Oh, my God. Whoa, 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 whoa. But I'm a Christian. I understand you're a Christian. In name. Right. But indeed, you're still a devil. <laughs> now you can't just do that with people. You've got to build relationship with them before you can talk with them that way. 99 times in a row, you've got to talk with them in love before you share with them that. Because I had one person say to me, David, the Lord told me, I've got to stop over-promising and under-delivering. I've just got to stop lying to people in business. I'm thinking, you've been a Christian how many years and you just got the revelation you're to stop lying to people? Stop over-promising and under-delivering? You know what I said to him? I said, that's really great. Wow, that's a wonderful revelation. And I gently said, you know, I've been sharing this with you for the last three years. And he said... Well, maybe the Lord's been speaking it to me through you, but he spoke it to me personally, and I have to absolutely stop, or I'm not going to come out from under the curse I'm under. Physical ailments, been in and out of mental hospitals. And then they call you on the phone to pray them out of the problem when the problem starts with them because... They're biblically out from under the blessing because they've stolen God's money. Then they want to go to the person they've stolen from and ask them to bless them some more so they can steal some more from them. That's not how you treat your partner, let alone the God of heaven and earth. Well, David, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. That's right. That's right. That's for sure. Here's the thing. 
you have a hedge of protection. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 10.8 says, He who kicks a hole in a hedge, a serpent will come through and bite it. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 10.8, King James Version, adult version. How did the hole get in the hedge? Did the serpent peck a hole in it? No. No. The person kicked a hole from the inside. Mm -hmm. How do you stay under the blessing when Jesus was baptized the heavens opened? Yeah. He's opened them for us, for all who are in Christ. That's right. How do we block the open heaven? Mm. We shut the door when we withhold the tithe from God. And if you really want to prosper, get into the seed and get into extravagant giving. I can see the patterns in my life when I do it. And it's got to be led by the Spirit. Yeah. It's not out of uh, a manipulation message or... And let me tell you something else. Stop giving to people that are in need just because they're in need. Right. Amen. Wow. And if they show up and the only thing you ever see is this side of their hand, yeah. you're doing them a disservice yeah. by continuing to allow them to stay in that state. Yeah. Pull them in, love them, and say this. Okay, let's go ahead and fix this problem at the root. Yeah. I'm here to help you. I love you. I've given to you on this occasion. I've given to you on this. I listen to you. I accept your phone calls. I respond to your text messages. I pray for you. I've wept through the night. I've fasted for you. Do I have permission to have a voice in your life? Hmm. Yes. Let's look at your tithing record. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That's not your business. It sure is if I'm going to sow seed into your life because you're not good soil if, if you're not tithing. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Yeah. And I'm tired of losing my seed with you. Right. It will straighten people up. <laughs> and now when they call me on the phone, you know what I say? Now, I've done this for five years in mercy with people so I have access to their lives because I've used my gifts from God that I've got 25 years in Christ. Mm -hmm. Not playing around with the Word of God, but seriously studying Him, His Word, mm -hmm. and living the Gospel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. If I was a lawyer with 25 years experience, if I was a doctor with 25 years experience in schooling, if I was an accountant with 25 years experience, if I was an investment banker, if I owned a car dealership, if I was a plumber, you wouldn't come to me and ask me to give you all your services for free. Right. Not at all. But the minister, they want to pimp him. Gratis. Can I just say it that way? David, will you pray for me? You operate in creative miracles. I attend a dead church. But I'm so tied up in the synagogue of culture there, and I've got so much good business going on because it's a marketing tool for me. Mm. I can't come over to your fellowship unless I just need a miracle. Mm. And I don't even really have time to do that. Can you pray for me over the phone? Please. Wow. And I do, and God releases it to them, and they still don't sow into the ministry. Wow. You know what I do now? I'd love to be able They go right to voicemail. Don't respond to their text messages for three days. They've lost... Access. Mm. Amen. Amen. And now, oh, you'd like some consulting? That's a billable hour. What? Well. You don't want to know what? They respect me now more. Absolutely. And now when they come to meet with me, they have to write me a check. Amen. I was doing them a disservice by giving my services away in the marketplace 
and allowing them to access the things of God mm. repeatedly yeah. and continuing to be a thief. Mm. But now what's happening is this. They're repenting because truth has come out. Yeah. And now they're getting an alignment with their tithing. It's now funding the kingdom so souls can be saved. Yeah. And they're coming under the blessing, out from under the spirit of mammon and under the spirit of God, and they're much happier. And you know what? Now the alcohol and the drugs are falling off of them, pharmaceutical oh, wow. medications. Now all of a sudden, their children are getting along in... <clears throat> You see that there's a blessing in obedience, Amen. and there's a lack of blessing in disobedience. Amen. I'm going to run through these real quick, and we're going to be done. Okay, number five, this, the kind of seed you sow is the kind of seed you reap. The kind of seed you sow is the kind of seed you reap. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Every seed reproduces its own kind. Orange seeds reproduce oranges. Apple seeds have apple trees in them. Amen. Chicken eggs have chickens in them that produce multiple chicken eggs and additional chickens. That's the power of your seed when you sow it. We can tell you how many oranges are on an orange tree, but we can't tell you how many orange trees are inside of an orange. Amen. That's cool. Okay, we're going to get off that. Number six, the size of your harvest is decided on the day you sow the seed, not on the day that you reap the harvest. Mm. The size of the harvest is decided on the day you sow the seed, not on the day that you reap the harvest. Yeah. You want a bigger harvest? Sow a bigger seed. Don't tithe on what you have. Tithe on what you need. God taught me. Look, I prospered in prison at 12 cents an hour. <laughs> If this will work for a prisoner in federal prison for 20 years, yeah. I could tell you story after story after story. God so prospering me in prison. I was funding the gospel. I was doing prophetic investing. I was sowing, I was buying slaves out of Sudan from behind bars. I could, I could purchase slaves out of Sudan for the price of two goats while I was in federal prison in the United States. In another country by sowing into the right ministry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. I couldn't get myself out of prison, but I could liberate others with That's my right. seed. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you. God, that's exciting. Amen. Mm -hmm. I had a vision one time. I went to go write a check for $35. Because I could buy them out for the price of two goats in Sudan. Mm -hmm. And when I went to go write it, the counselor's office. $35, and the Lord said to me, double your, double your seed. Double your seed. 12 cents. I'm like, 35 to 70. Now remember, my tithing was right. I built Christian lockers, and we were doing all kinds of things. People were coming to Christ, and Muslims were wearing shower shoes that said Jesus on them. Oh. I love that. John 316 is walking through. I'm going, evangelizing. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. He'd have a chance to have a little fun with it too. <laughs> In a right spirit. <laughs> and I said, oh Lord. And the Lord showed me a vision when I was there. I'm like, and I saw two slaves. They were chained to each other. Oh. And I saw them unlocking the one and him not wanting to leave the yeah. person he'd been chained with. 
in slavery and bondage under Muslim rule where they cut off the arms of the men. Where they cut the... Where they can't... Here's what happened. I saw that and my heart from behind bars as a prisoner was filled with compassion. How could I withhold the other $35 to set the other one free? When I had it. Hagen dazs ice cream would have to be sacrificed at the commissary for the next 10 cups. Oh my. Jesus. Tore it up. I'd written the wrong thing on it. I tore it up. And I doubled it to 70. And the minute I did, I had a vision. They were both set free. And my heart was in presence. I was having a God moment in the counselor's office, Amen. in federal prison, knowing that my seed at the direction of the Spirit of God just set two people free in another nation in a far worse situation than I was in. Hallelujah. Glory. And I left there <clears throat> joyous. I got on the phone. I called someone at the direction of the Spirit. Didn't share the testimony with them. They said, David, it's interesting you call. The Lord just spoke to me to send you $300. I couldn't wait to get it so I could buy more slaves out of Sudan. Amen. And my needs were met as well. Amen. And I had enough haagen to buy for other people too. You never use your harvest just for you. You take a portion out of it and sow a new seed to further it and you also enjoy some of the harvest so you don't just become religious. Okay, okay. We're just going to run through and we're going to be done. Is that okay? Okay, number six, the size of your harvest is decided on the day you sow it, not on the day you reap the harvest. Number seven, you do not reap the harvest in the same season or the same day that you sow the seed. Amen. It's seed plus time equals harvest. There are exceptions to that in the glory realm. God will multiply it right in your wallet, or you'll sow and you'll go get on the phone and God will speak. God spoke to one woman. Her husband died, friend of our family. One time the Lord spoke to her. I had just finished a sacrificial seed. In fact, I sowed it all in the hands of God. Mm -hmm. I had one can of tuna left and a rice. Mm -hmm. And I sowed it into a miracle ministry. Five days later, I got a check in the mail for, for $600 in prison. I'm like, what is this? This person's never sent me money in their life. And I've been incarcerated 13 years. I'm like, what's going on? So I, I don't know, did she lose her mind? You know, what's going on? So I call, I said, yeah, what, I got a check for $600. What, what is this about? Oh, the Lord spoke to me. I said, okay. She says, yes. I said, now that my husband Bob is dead, God, what do you want me to do? And she said, the Lord spoke back to me in the still small voice, as clear as I've ever heard him. He said, I want you to take care of my servant David and send him $300 a month until I tell you to stop. She said, so I decided that I'd give you last month's and this month's right out of the gate. She sent me $300 a month. And she, she had a lot of money. For the next five years, that's $3,600 a year while I'm in prison. Wow. 
but he came with sacrificial giving. Another friend of mine called me. His mother passed away. We prayed. And when I called him, I called a friend of mine. And she said, so-and-so just called me and wants to know how he can send money to you. Do you want it on the street or in your account? I'm like, well, I, I don't know, you know, how much is it? She said $10,000. I said, make that on the street, two $5,000 increments. Meaning on the street is a prison term. In other words, not in prison, but out on the streets of freedom. And so then I used that money immediately to sow into miracle ministries and keep. And it, this stuff works. Because the laws do not show partiality. Final thing. Do you want to know what causes you to get a hundredfold harvest versus a sixtyfold harvest versus a thirtyfold harvest? Okay. Two things. The soil you sow into, okay. really, the good ground is the only soil that really produces a harvest. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to share with you a real thing. It's your mouth. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> when you're waiting for the seed to come up, first the blade, then the ear, then the corn within the ear. Do you see the three-step process? Mm -hmm. What happens is you start to get a harvest off the seed you planted, and all you see is the blade. You're like, is that all I'm getting back? It doesn't pay to serve God. Careful. Amen. You've just limited your harvest from going farther. Amen. But if you see the blade come back, you're like, look at that. The blade's come up. I got a little piece back. Look at that. That's the beginning. I can't wait to see what God's going to do next. Amen. And God's like, now my son, my daughter understands my nature. Amen. Then the ear comes up. Oh, look, it's still growing. I can't wait to see the real harvest. Amen. Then the corn comes up within the ear. Now that's the hundredfold. <coughs> 30, 60, hundredfold. Don't curse your seed with your mouth. Amen. Death and life are in the power of Amen. the tongue. Absolutely. Those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Mm -hmm. A man is snared by the words out of his own mouth. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6, 2. A man is snared by the words out of his own mouth. Mm -hmm. Is this helpful at all? Mm -hmm. Do we battle in this area? Oh. Mm -hmm. The number one reason why people don't get a harvest is their own mouth. Yeah. The number two reason is they haven't sown into the right soil. <laughs> number three reason, consider your ways. You can't live like a devil, sow in and expect God to reward you because Haggai 1.5 says this, consider your ways, you've <laughs> sown much and you've reaped little. Yeah. You can limit your harvest by a wrong lifestyle. Yeah. Or you can sow only to reap to put it in a bag with holes in it and it falls out. Mm. And then it ends in verse 7. Consider your ways. Haggai 1.5, consider your ways. Haggai 1.7, consider your ways. Law of double enunciation. Haggai 1.6, you've sown much, reap little. You've sown only to reap to put it in a bag of holes in it. Hmm. Is this helpful? No. Oh, man. Okay, you don't reap in the same season. We're just going gonna to finish it. I'm going to stop talking. Number seven, you do not reap in the same season. Uh, number eight, the care of the crops is critical to the success of the harvest. Consider your ways. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses. And God says, I'm going to give to you exactly what came out of your mouth. You will die in the wilderness. You will not see the land I promised you. And your carcasses will fall out here. Because you said that I'm not a good God. You said I brought you out here to die. Therefore, I will give you just as you said out of your own mouth. Word? 
We got to get the other side of the gospel. That's right. The yeah. laws are not bending. Grace bends. Right. Grace gives you favor. But guess what? The sun shines on the just and the unjust. Yeah. You know, somebody said to me, David, you'd have more people here if you had shorter sermons. <laughs> guess what? I'm not looking for that demographic. That's right. <laughs> if I was, I'd be in a really good church. Mm. Yeah. No miracles, no signs, no wonders. Sermonette for the Christianette. We'd have a lot of good programs. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, always sow more when you need when your need is greater. Yeah. Well, I don't have enough to sow right now. That's when you need to step up to the plate. Yeah. Maybe That's more. when sacrifice. If you're not moved by your seed, God's not moved by it. That's right. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Ecclesiastes 11.1. 1. When you cast your bread upon the waters, when you do it into seven or eight different ministries, not, not your tithe, your seed. Right, right. See the difference? Mm -hmm. It's time to step up higher. Boy, this was a long teaching on when I wrote it. Law number 10, there's a continuous cost in farming. There's a cost for fertilizer, water, labor, pesticides, and labor to apply the aforementioned. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. The bottom line is, because of the spiritual principle, sometimes God will prompt us to give a special release of the harvest offering. This often occurs just as the harvest begins to ripen. When harvest comes, it is biblical to spend even more money to bring in our harvest. Listen to this. Some of you have gotten there. You're right at the harvest season. This is not manipulation, by the way. Literally, when your harvest comes in, you have to hire more workers to bring it in. Sometimes God will have you sow right at the pinnacle of breakthrough. He'll have you sow even more. And boom, the heavens open up. Yeah. Dan, have you experienced it? Yeah. When you get right at the point of breakthrough and you're spent out, right. God will then ask you to do something that's so sacrificial and you're literally depressed already. Right. You're frustrated. You're not seeing the promise. And then he asks you to do something. You know what? I had to sow... A $210 seed a couple of years ago. And I needed to go to the dentist and didn't want to do it. And I'd already, I'm, hold on, I had sown and 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 sown. And then the Lord asked me to do that. I didn't obey that night, but 11.59 at night I wrote my check right before midnight. And the next night I showed up, gave it, sowed it into the prophet's life. And that's when I got platinum fillings and all my dental work done from the Lord. Or I could have put that two ten toward a three thousand dollar dental bill mm -hmm. that I was going to have. Right. Do you see the law of the harvest? It's supernatural. It's not natural. <sighs> Number eleven: A part of every harvest is for sowing again. He gives seed to the sower. He also ministers seed unto the eater. Yeah. So you sow a portion of the harvest. You also enjoy a portion of the harvest. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's only sowing and they're not reaping, that's not the biblical principle. They're not enjoying any of the harvest. Mm -hmm. You have to enjoy something. You just become religious and people don't want to be around you. Right. Mm -hmm. You bless people with the overflow of the harvest, but you take a portion and sow the tenth back in, and then you sow the offering in, then you go meet people's needs on the alms. Mm. And what's the offering? It could be any amount. One time the Lord... 
gave me a certain amount. He told me to sew the whole thing. I'm like, no! <laughs> we fought. I boxed with him. But like Jacob, I had to tap out. <laughs> but remember this. God wasn't trying to be mean to me. He was trying to bring me into a greater place. Right. And you know, minister will have ebbs and flows. I know a minister... He operates in tremendous prosperity on three occasions. God told, I mean, a multi-millionaire. Exotic animals on his property, things that make religious people angry, okay? But he funds the kingdom wherever he goes. And when ministers go to his church, where are you going next? Let me take up an offering for you. He goes, I'm going to give X amount. We're going to sow 2,000. What do you guys want to give? So-and-so is going over to Africa to minister. He'll fund the kingdom. So he has all these tell you how many oranges are on an orange tree, but we can't tell you how many orange trees are inside of an orange. Okay, we're going to get off that. Number six, the size of your harvest is decided on the day you sow the seed, not on the day that you reap the harvest. The size of the harvest is decided on the day you sow the seed, not on the day that you reap the harvest. You want a bigger harvest? Sow a bigger seed. Don't tithe on what you have. Tithe on what you need. God taught me. Look, I prospered in prison at 12 cents an hour. <laughs> if this will work for a prisoner in federal prison for 20 years, yeah. I could tell you story after story after story. God so prospering me in prison. I was funding the gospel. I was doing prophetic investing. I was sowing. I was buying slaves out of Sudan. From behind bars, I could, I could purchase slaves out of Sudan for the price of two goats while I was in federal prison in the United States in another country by sowing into the right ministry. I couldn't get myself out of prison, but I could liberate others with my seed. God, that's exciting! I had a vision one time. I went to go write a check for $35. Because I could buy them out for the price of two goats in Sudan. Hmm. And when I went to go write it, at the counselor's office, I wrote $35. And the Lord said to me, double your, double your seed. Double your seed. 12 cents. I'm like, 35 to 70. Now remember, my tithing was right. I built Christian lockers and we were doing all kinds of things. People were coming to Christ and Muslims were wearing shower shoes that said Jesus on them. I love that. John 3.16 as they're walking through. I'm going, evangelizing. Praise the Lord. He'd had a chance to have a little fun with it too. In a right spirit. And I said, oh. And the Lord showed me a vision when I was there. I'm like, and I saw two slaves. They were chained to each other. Oh. And I saw them unlocking the one and him not wanting to leave the yeah. person he'd been chained with hmm. in slavery and bondage hmm. under Muslim rule where they cut off the arms of the men. Jesus. Where they cut the, where they can't. Yeah. Here's what happened. I saw that. And my heart, from behind bars as a prisoner, was filled with compassion. How could I withhold the other $35 to set the other one free? Yeah. When I had it, bought Haagen-Dazs ice cream. 
would have to be sacrificed at the commissary for the next ten cups. Oh, my. Jesus. Tore it up. I'd written the wrong thing on it. I tore it up. And I doubled it to 70. And the minute I did, I had a vision. And we're both set free. And my heart was my presence. I was having a God moment in the counselor's office in federal prison, knowing that my seed at the direction of the Spirit of God just set two people free in another nation in a far worse situation than I was in. Hallelujah. And I left there <clears throat> joyous. I got on the phone. I called someone at the direction of the Spirit. Didn't share the testimony with them. They said, David, it's interesting you called. The Lord just spoke to me to send you $300. I couldn't wait to get it so I could buy more slaves out of Sudan. And my needs were met as well. And I had enough haagen to buy for other people too. You never use your harvest just for you. You take a portion out of it and sow a new seed to further it and you also enjoy some of the harvest so you don't just become religious. Okay, okay. We're just going to run through and we're going to be done. Is that okay? Okay, number six. The size of your harvest is decided on the day you sow it, not on the day you reap the harvest. Number seven, you do not reap the harvest in the same season or the same day that you sow the seed. Amen. It's seed plus time equals harvest. There are exceptions to that in the glory realm. God will multiply it right in your wallet, or you'll sow and you'll go get on the phone and God will speak. God spoke to one woman. Her husband died, friend of our family. One time the Lord spoke to her. I just finished a sacrificial seed. In fact, I sowed it all in the hands of God. I had one can of tuna left and a rice. And I sewed it into a miracle ministry. Five days later, I got a check in the mail for, for $600 in prison. I'm like, what is this? This person's never sent me money in their life. And I've been incarcerated 13 years. I'm like, what's going on? So I, I don't know. Did she lose her mind? You know, what's going on? So I call. I said, yeah. What? I got a check for $600. What is this about? Oh, the Lord spoke to me. I said, okay. She says, yes. I said, now that my husband Bob is dead, God, what do you want me to do? And she said, the Lord spoke back to me in the still small voice, as clear as I've ever heard him. He said, I want you to take care of my servant David and send him $300 a month until I tell you to stop. She said, so... I decided that I'd give you last month's and this month's right out of the gate. Wow. <laughs> she sent me $300 a month. And she, she had a lot of money. For the next five years, that's $3,600 a year while wow. I'm in prison. Wow. But it came with sacrificial giving. Another friend of mine called me. His mother passed away. We prayed. And when I called him, I called a friend of mine. And she said, so-and-so just called me and wants to know how he can send money to you. Do you want it on the street or in your account? I'm like, well, I, I don't know, you know, how much is it? She said $10,000. I said, make that on the street, two $5,000 increments. Meaning on the street is a prison term. In other words, not in prison, but out on the streets of freedom. 
And so then I use that money immediately to sow into miracle ministries and keep and it. This stuff works. Because the laws do not show partiality. Final thing. Do you want to know what causes you to get a hundredfold harvest versus a sixtyfold harvest versus a thirtyfold harvest? Okay. Two things. The soil you sow into, okay. really, the good ground is the only soil that really produces a harvest. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to share with you the real thing. It's your mouth. Amen. <coughs> when you're waiting for the seed to come up, first the blade, then the ear, then the corn within the ear. Do you see the three-step process? Mm -hmm. What happens is you start to get a harvest off the seed you planted, and all you see is the blade. You're like, is that all I'm getting back? It doesn't pay to serve God. Careful. Amen. You've just limited your harvest from going farther. Amen. But if you see the blade come back, you're like, look at that. The blade's come up. I got a little piece back. Look at that. That's the beginning. I can't wait to see what God's going to do next. Amen. And God's like, now my son, my daughter understands my nature. Amen. Then the ear comes up. Oh, look, it's still growing. I can't wait to see the real harvest. Amen. Then the corn comes up within the ear. Now that's the hundredfold. Thirty, sixty, hundredfold. Don't curse your seed with your mouth. Amen. Death and life are in the power of the Amen. tongue. Absolutely. Those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Amen. A man is snared by the words out of his own mouth. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs six two. A man is snared by the words out of his own mouth. Amen. Is this helpful at all? No. Do we battle in this area? Oh. The number one reason why people don't get a harvest is their own mouth. The number two reason is they haven't sown into the right soil. <laughs> number three reason, consider your ways. You can't live like a devil, sow in and expect God to reward you because Haggai 1.5 says this, consider your ways, you've <laughs> sown much and you've reaped little. Yeah. You can limit your harvest by a wrong lifestyle. Yeah. Or you can sow only to reap to put it in a bag with holes in it and it falls out. Mm. And then it ends in verse 7. Consider your ways. Haggai 1.5, consider your ways. Haggai 1.7, consider your ways. Law of double enunciation. Haggai 1.6, you've sown much, reap little. You've sown only to reap to put it in a bag with holes in it. <coughs> is this helpful? Oh, man. Okay, you don't reap in the same season. We're just going to we're gonna finish it. I'm going to stop talking. Number seven, you do not reap in the same season. Uh, number eight, the care of the crops is critical to the success of the harvest. Consider your ways. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses. And God says, I'm going to give to you exactly what came out of your mouth. You will die in the wilderness. You will not see the land I promised you. And your carcasses will fall out here. Because you said that I'm not a good God. You said I brought you out here to die. Therefore, I will give you just as you said out of your own mouth. Word? That's it. That's it. We gotta get the other side of the gospel. That's right. The laws are not bending. Grace bends. Grace gives you favor. But guess what? The sun shines on the just and the unjust. Yeah. And if somebody said to me, David, you'd have more people here if you had shorter sermons. <laughs> guess what? I'm not looking for that demographic. That's right. <laughs> if I was, I'd be in a really good church. No miracles, no signs, no wonders. Sermonette for the Christian ad. We'd have a lot of good programs. <laughs> 
Number nine, always sow more when you need when your need is greater. Yeah. Well, I don't have enough to sow right now. That's when you need to step up to the plate. Yeah. That's right. when sacrifice. If you're not moved by your seed, God's not moved by it. That's right. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Ecclesiastes 11.1. 1. When you cast your bread upon the waters, mm -hmm. when you do it into seven or eight different ministries, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not, not your tithe, your seed. Right, right. See the difference? Mm -hmm. It's time to step up higher. Boy, this was a long teaching on when I wrote it. Law number 10, there's a continuous cost in farming. There's a cost for fertilizer, water, labor, pesticides, and labor to apply the aforementioned. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. The bottom line is, because of the spiritual principle, sometimes God will prompt us to give a special release of the harvest offering. This often occurs just as the harvest begins to ripen. When harvest comes, it is biblical to spend even more money to bring in our harvest. Listen to this. Some of you have gotten there. You're right at the harvest season. This is not manipulation, by the way. Literally, when your harvest comes in, you have to hire more workers to bring it in. Sometimes God will have you sow right at the pinnacle of breakthrough. He'll have you sow even more. And boom, the heavens open up. Dan, have you experienced it? When you get right at the point of breakthrough and you're spent out, God will then ask you to do something that's so sacrificial, and you're literally depressed already. Right. You're frustrated. You're not seeing the promise. And then he asks you to do something. You know what? I had to sow a $210 seed a couple of years ago. And I needed to go to the dentist and didn't want to do it. And I'd already sown. Hold on. I had sown and 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 sown. And then the Lord asked me to do that. I didn't obey that night, but 11.59 at night, I wrote my check right before midnight. And the next night I showed up, gave it, sewed it into the prophet's life, and that's when I got platinum fillings and all my dental work done from the Lord. Yeah. Or I could have put that 210 toward a $3,000 dental bill that I was going to have. Right. Do you see the law of the harvest? It's supernatural. It's not natural. <sighs> Number 11, a part of every harvest is for sowing again. He gives seed to the sower. He also ministers seed unto the eater. Yeah. So you sow a portion of the harvest, you also enjoy a portion of the harvest. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's only sowing and they're not reaping, that's not the biblical principle. They're not enjoying any of the harvest. Mm -hmm. You have to enjoy something. You just become religious and people don't want to be around you. Right. Mm -hmm. You bless people with the overflow of the harvest, but you take a portion and sow the tenth back in, and then you sow the offering in, then you go meet people's needs on the alms. And what's the offering? It could be any amount. One time the Lord gave me a certain amount, He told me to sow the whole thing. I'm like, no! <laughs> we fought. I boxed with Him. But like Jacob, I had to tap out. <laughs> but remember this. God wasn't trying to be mean to me. He was trying to bring me into a greater place. Right. And you know, minister will have ebbs and flows. I know a minister. He operates in tremendous prosperity on three occasions. God told, I mean, a multi-millionaire. Exotic animals on his property. Things that make religious people angry, okay? <laughs> but he funds the kingdom wherever he goes. And when ministers go to his church, where are you going next? 
Let me take up an offering for you. He goes, I'm going to give X amount. We're going to sow 2000 What do you guys want to give? So-and-so is going over to Africa to minister. He'll fund the kingdom. So he has all these things. But on three occasions, the Lord told him, I want you to empty out your bank accounts to zero and sow into other ministries. Everything you have. But Lord, I've built for this for years. Obey. There might be some tape on that one. Yeah, there is. So, on three occasions, he had, and his, his, his business advisor says, well, you have to leave 50000 in the accounts because of all the stuff we've got going on with ministry. Just as a buffer, he says, no, that's not what God told me to do. So he doesn't just preach it, he lives it. Every true prosperity deliverer or financial deliverer that I know is so sacrificial in their personal life and giving, you would not believe it. They never ask you to do something they are not willing to do if they're a true man or woman of God. If they're not living it, they shouldn't be preaching it. But if they are living it and they preach it, you'll feel it in your spirit. It's completely different than manipulation. And on three occasions, God had him empty out his bank accounts. Quite candidly, I didn't even like the minister. But when I heard, I kept hearing background stories about him. And finally, I heard the real stories about his character behind the scenes. Because I was offended at his preaching about prosperity. When I found out he lived what he preached to an, to an nth degree, made a difference. it made a difference. Because when people are living it, you respect them. Okay. The law of the twice-sown seed. The law of the twice-sown seed is best illustrated by a kernel seed of corn. On an average, a kernel of corn planted in the ground will produce one <coughs> stalk of corn with two ears. Each ear of corn has approximately 452 kernels of corn. 452 kernels of corn times 2 equals 904 kernels of corn. If you were to re sow the 904 kernels that you got off the one seed of the stalk of corn that came up with two ears on it, we're doing average, 904 kernels of harvest from the original seed. These would produce 904 new stocks of corn, ostensibly. 904 new stocks of corn would produce two ears with 452 new kernels of corn, or a total of 904 kernels per stock. 904 times 904 equals 746,496 kernels of harvest off the twice-sown seed. It's difficult to do. You sow a seed, you get your harvest, and God says, re-sow the whole thing. Hmm. And you're like, I've been waiting on my harvest. Right. <laughs> it's easy to talk about a kernel of corn in two years. But when you're talking about your money that you sowed, and you got your harvest, and you got some bills to pay, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm not reselling the whole thing, but if you ever want to go into the real supernatural thousand times more harvest, it's the law of the twice sown seed. You know what I'll often do? People will sow something into me, I'll sow it right into somebody else's life. It comes to me, but it doesn't stay with me, it goes through me. You don't know the stories. Mm-hmm. But God will... When, I come off the road, people will give me offerings outside the offering plate or blessing. I call them handshake blessings. They No, this is for you. It's not for ministry. It's not for this and that. I don't need a tax receipt. The, the Lord told me to give this to you. And God will direct me almost every time mm-hmm. to 
turn around and either give a portion of it or all of it into some other minister or ministry. People don't even know about it behind the scenes. But it releases other things. And the harvest, whatever you sow, you reap. If you sow clothing, you reap clothing. If you sow love, you reap love. If you sow kindness, you reap kindness. If you sow money, you reap money. And we need to learn to be diversified sowers, not just in one specialty area. Number 12, a part of every harvest is for the sower to enjoy. 1 Corinthians 9, 9, for it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. God God takes care of the ox, and God desires that we partake of the harvest and blessing. Also, delight yourself in the Lord, Psalms 37, 4, and He will give you the desires of your heart. It's okay for you to have a nice car if you want one, or a nice house. I don't care if you want. Whatever you want, Mm -hmm. if it's out of the overflow, it's fine. But if you're taking it and not giving God His and not meeting the needs of His kingdom, it's not right. Right. It's under mammon versus under biblical prosperity. Law number 13, do not stop sowing if you have had a crop failure. Some of you have had a crop failure. Mm -hmm. This doesn't work for me. Mm -mm. I tried that thing, that prosperity stuff doesn't work. You know what if a farmer did that? He'd be out of farming in one year. How many farmers have crop failures? A lot. Do they quit? No. How many times did J.C. Penney go bankrupt? Seven. Seven times. But now we shopped at J.C. Penney. The French law. Next to Target. <laughs> Why? Because he had success. I don't know. I couldn't catch it. So if you've had a crop failure, every time a farmer has had an experience of crop failure, he knows that he must sow again if he wants to reap a harvest. God had a crop failure when he planted Adam in the Garden of Eden. Adam was planted into the earth by God with the expectation and mandate to replenish the earth. Genesis 1.28 Instead of being fruitful and multiplying, Adam fell prey to the deceptive promise that he could become like God. He ate from the tithe tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and came under a curse while simultaneously ceding the earth's dominion over to Satan. Genesis 3, 1 through 11. God didn't give up, however. God sowed again. Say he sowed again. He sowed the last Adam into the earth, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. God gave the life of his only begotten son in expectation that he would receive many sons back to glory as his harvest. Hebrews 2, 9 through 10. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through his sufferings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God had a crop failure in the garden with Adam, but he didn't stop sowing, did he? No. Law 14, God is the Lord of the harvest, so every harvest is a miracle harvest. If it's not a miracle harvest, it's not from, you with me? Right. We're talking about a supernatural God. We've got to get our head out of the natural. Right. When I sowed for slaves in Sudan and doubled my tithe and I sacrificed my haagen mm. you sacrifice your Starbucks. You sacrifice the phone upgrade. So you can have the neatest, neatest, whitest, brightest thing on planet Earth with the latest technology. Mm. If you wait three months, it's coming down in price anyway. Right. And the bugs are worked out. <laughs> Early adopters always get punished on the, on the 
technology. Yeah. I know I'm an early adopter. <laughs> but now all of a sudden, when you sacrifice something to do something in behalf of God, that Jesus might get the just recompense and his reward for the suffering that he had on the cross. Yeah. God is the Lord of the harvest. Mark 4, 26. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast his seed into the ground and should sleep and rise it day and night, and the seed should spring up and grow. He knoweth not how. The farmer doesn't know how it works. Right. In Africa, there was a preacher. It's with somebody today that shared this story. It's with a preacher over in Africa. And the preacher was preaching, and they were in a, a rural community. They didn't even have currency. They didn't even have money. It was so poor over there. And this is what he did. The Lord told him, I want you to teach the whole council of God. He's like, oh, God, what am I not teaching? He says, you're not teaching them the law of the harvest. Hmm. And he said, God, they don't have anything. He says, yes, they do. Teach them about tithing. I want to bring them under the full blessing. I love them. So he starts teaching them about tithing. tithing. They start bringing a tenth of their goats, their crops, this and that, whatever they had. And they actually had to build stables for the church to have the stuff so that the people could tithe. Here's what happened. A famine and a drought hits the land. Everybody in the whole area is in drought except this community that's tithing. See, the rain falls on the just and the unjust until the drought comes. And then he shows favor to the Israelites in Goshen. And he makes a distinction between his people and the people of the world. You want to know what they did with the stuff while they're prospering? In their community is the only one that's getting rain. Drought all around them for miles and they're getting rained on. They now took the crops and the food into the land where there was famine. And they went out and shared it and attached the gospel message with it. And now those people started getting saved. They began to cry out, repent toward God. And they learned tithing. And God then began to reign on the whole land. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. One area where our nation and the church specifically has got to have a change of thinking in Hmm. is in the area of seed time and harvest. The tithe is the tenth. The seed is anything above the tenth. He who sows sparingly reaps sparingly. He who sows bountifully reaps bountifully. For with the same measure you've given, the same measure will be measured back to you. Be a continual giver. And whatever you have to give, whether it's time, talents, energies, finances, your gifts unto God to help other people out that will further the kingdom, do it. And watch that God will open the floodgates of heaven to pour down such a blessing of ideas, witty inventions, new open opportunities, open doors and favor upon you. And yes, inheritances and money. But this is not about money. It's about the law of the harvest that encompasses, amongst other things, money. Final thing. 
Money is the only seed that you can sow and name it for what you want back out of it from God. Hmm. If you sow oranges, you reap oranges with hmm. orange seeds. If you sow cattle, you get cattle. But money is a universal seed. Hmm. Because it represents your time, talents, and energies and skill set. Right? You work yeah. 40, 50, 60 hours at a job. Mm -hmm. They don't pay you in cattle. They pay you in the universal seed. Now you can take that one and say, God, I need this. I don't have this. Right. Mm -hmm. I need this. So I'm going to sow the universal seed that represents my time, talents, energies, and the gifts you gave me. Amen. And that's the one seed that you can utilize that's universal. That can be taught out of context too, but I don't want to miss that. Right. Let us stand. That's good. That's good. Thank you for the word. The 14 laws of the harvest are constant. These laws work anywhere on the earth. If the teaching I just gave you doesn't work in prison, it's not from God. If it doesn't work in Uganda, it's not from God. Remember, it's a supernatural harvest. And we know not how. That boy did not know how he got 12 baskets left over from five fish, two loaves, and 15 or 20,000 people were fed. <laughs> As long as we are on the earth, we are under these 14 spiritual laws because God ordered and ordained these laws. Each one of them is unavoidable, irrefutable, and undeniable. 